Greetings, this is The Pub, Straylight Magazine's podcast about all things narrative, story, and publishing. I'm Dean Karpowitz. I'm Molly Krassel. I'm Sam Alberth. And I'm Sarah Willis. Today on the show, narrative and art in video games. So, <laughs> Sarah tilted her head a little bit <laughs> when I did that. Um, uh, so let's talk about some games where the visual that the art of the game is implicit in storytelling. Um, if you're going to talk about games with very visually distinct art styles, I think you would be remiss if you avoided talking about Okami. It's the first game that came to my mind when we brought up this topic. Yeah. It is a PS2 game from 2006. It is highly inspired by the... Uh, I don't remember what era because history is not my area of expertise, but it's uh, Japanese watercolor and wood carving. It's uh, real old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like the old the, era. <laughs> I believe it's uh, the ukiyo-e style. So it, it looks like almost like a painting come to life, like a historical sort of uh, visually just absolutely stunning. It's got the thick, thick ink lines. It's got the bright colors. And it really makes you feel like you have been absolutely transported to another land, which in a way you are. You're basically in a Japanese mythology run through. Mm -hmm. You play as a wolf with a paintbrush for a tail who is the sun goddess Amaterasu reborn. And it's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. While you were talking, I was thinking of games even that are sort of far Eastern where you'll get, even if it's a straightforward narrative, we'll often get interludes that are kanji esque. You know, I'm thinking of like Neo where you, you, you complete whatever chapter or whatever it is. And then you'll suddenly be transported to a screen where you have a, a paintbrush esque style sort of retelling. So I think that's been kind of incorporated maybe into other games as well, even if it's not the full gist of the game. Do you think that that adds something to the narrative? I, I feel like it's, um, it's more out of place than a mini game in some, in some instances, you know, mm. it feels like a, it's thrown in. Like the developer said, Oh, this is a Japanese game. We should have some kind of kanji stuff. Do you think it's like the inconsistency of it? Yeah, and maybe it's become inherent in games. Like I tell my students when we write, when I, when I have writing students, I'll say when we're doing creative writing, I teach creative writing classes, I'll say like, never, like, like watch movies. People pause at doorways all the time. No one in real life pauses at a doorway and almost knocks or stops at a doorway before they exit the room dramatically, right? Um, and so in film, I think we've just learned to accept that people do that in movies and don't do that in real life. I think in video games, in a lot of ways, it's like we're between chapters. What are we going to do, Diablo? Let's now add a little thing that's not it consistent with the game at all, but artistic. Yeah, so... So unsuccessful in that application because it interrupts and perhaps is switching between 
what you are looking for. Basically, it 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 uh, interrupts the suspension. Of, it it suspends the disbelief or yeah. unsuspends. I never remember. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that reminds me of one of our old uh, complaints, Molly, where we were talking about like sun and moon and the land of three thousand cutscenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I almost want you know you want your artwork to be like compliment to the story, not something that stops because other than like a movie or graphic novel, a video game has to keep going. And if your artwork gets in the way of that in unnecessary cutscenes or unnecessary details or flourishes, it's you can't interrupt the momentum mm-hmm. for the sake of the art. I think so uh, just to kind of put in here, I think MMOs have to deal with this in a lot of ways. <clears throat> they want to show off their vistas right and so there like i remember guild wars 2 for example like you could get experience points discovery points for going to certain places clicking on a point and then it would it would change the the panoramic view i don't know if any of you played this game my but roommates you would, are super into it yeah so you would so suddenly it would sort of shift and you could and you know you knew it was the developers showing off like look at this what we did visually in this game but they were trying to make it seamless like oh man you know like they they were they're making the world and someone went to the top of this mountain they're like it looked with their character out on the world and said everyone's gonna miss this (laughs) (laughs) how can we have some sort of rewards picture in the guild wars office like Jake spent a lot of time programming that Vista. And he's really sad that no one's looking at the Vista. Right. Right. So I I suppose then, uh, as far as Okami is concerned, it's one of my absolute favorite games. And they have continually remastered it. uh, So you can buy it on Switch now, which I have because I love it so much. Is it Switch now? Yeah. Like 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. I would highly recommend it. Although keep in mind that it is a PS2 game. So... It, it kind of plays like one on sometimes. Um, there are several things that in that game get in the way of it. There are a couple of characters that are sort of out of the scope of things that make it a little unusual, that totally inconsistently break it. But the art style is absolutely not one of them. It is consistent across the board and it is it is absolutely transformative and breathtaking. I think the art definitely lends itself to the success of that narrative. Yeah. It sounds like too, I mean, I've just, I've just looked at it. I looked at like the trailer after you told me, and I was like, whoa, it looks beautiful. But it seems like it's, it's something where it's so tied to the art. Like you can't, you can't change the style. It's iconic because of the art. Absolutely. Like we were talking about Minecraft. It's like, that's what it is. Yeah. So let's talk a little about that. Like um, before the show, I was talking a little, a little about the old Atari games and that I would, I can recall the specifics and the specific look of an, of a game like adventure, which is you're, you're, you're a block, you're a pixel carrying a, you know, an arrow, uh, like that's it, you know, and you slay dragons and it looks, it, you, you don't want, it's not something if you, if my son looked at it, he would probably, without playing it say that doesn't look like much of a game Mm. but at the same time he's obsessed with minecraft and um me being the old man that i am i'm sort of like that 
the graphics suck on that game, <laughs> right? But they have their own sort of art style. So what, I guess my question is how, you know, how, how like Stardew Valley, how important is realism in art? Like it's got its own style and a style that I would, if I saw it on a billboard, I'd be like, wow, look at that reference, you know, and I would recognize it immediately. And yet it's simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think realism is like, very important especially in in video games like it is and it isn't there's still a ton of games that just like thrive off of the cartoon style and then there are others that like i think of the bigger companies that they have to push to be more and more realistic and like that is a thing that is expected Uh, i don't know if you if you're still playing ghost of shishima but i thought like the trailers looked amazing in that game and like that was kind of one of the things I kept hearing about. Like it, it was going to look so realistic. And like, that was like one of the reasons that there was a push for it. But then I saw the actual gameplay and it didn't look that impressive to me. <laughs> it doesn't live up to it. Yeah. In many ways it does not. Yeah. And, and so I don't know. Um, people are saying with that game, it's fitting that the PS4 ends its cycle on that game in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, but you know, I don't, I don't know. On the what? other hand, uh, have you guys heard about bug snacks? No, I have heard about bug snacks. I think it's excellent. <laughs> yes. Uh, so bug snacks is really funny in comparison to something like Ghost of, Sush- uh, Ghost of Tsushima because it is absolutely not realistic in any way. It's PS5 and PC, and it is hyper cartoony and like off the wall ridiculous. It's as ridiculous as the name sounds. Basically, it's like a Pokemon-esque game where you are capturing food that is also bugs, but you eat them to gain power-ups. <laughs> I do not even know, but it's it's funny that that should be the argument, that Ghost of Tsushima is the pinnacle of animation, but then PS5 launches with bug snacks. <laughs> I love yeah. it. <laughs> styles just got to match the story you want to tell and the mechanics that you want to work with. More yeah. important than realism is consistency, I think. Yes. Yeah. Can we think of any AAA games though that people get in line to buy that have no real realistic? You know what I mean? Like AAA. You got your, you know, you got your bro games like the Battlefield and Call of Duty, and you know, and those are all trying to be more and more realistic. Last of Us Two. Ghosts of Tsushima, these are games that you expect the graphics to be amazing. And and people even have commented, like, From Software has moved from, I don't know, double A to sort of triple A game with the Souls games. And people would bitch constantly about the character model character models in that game because they were horrible and the and the the bosses were grotesquely beautiful in many ways. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, yeah, yeah. A lot of Nintendo titles. Yeah, Mario, I was say Nintendo, Link, Zelda. That's kind of what they they go for is the more cartoony, like family look. But yeah, I guess like outside of that, I can't, I can't think of any Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah. But isn't that? Pers- I don't know. That's that's Disney's. Yeah. Like I had, well, I had a friend who majored in art who was like, 
you know, the, the least Disney-esque person you'd ever want to talk to, but would say Disney movies, man, they, that the, the, you know, their, their characters are drawn so beautifully. So in some ways, I guess maybe, I mean, like you're talking about like high res graphics or realistic graphics because you can have realistic Mm -hmm. graphics like last of us, or you can have high res like final fantasy, but they're not realistic. Certainly. Yeah. And you know, unfun things like budgets get worked into that, but I mean, yeah, go down that whole line of reasoning. It's not as great to talk about. (laughs) It's strange that we've, almost made it like these the, the sort of deep fake stuff that we see like the uh, i would have preferred that they didn't hire an actor to to you know for the luke and leia stand-ins for the star wars stuff that they just use the kind of cgi now but you know just uh, just thinking about like the old like i know molly you're a big fan of dragon age and the mass effect games those were uncanny valley esque as hell uh, in the past, well, and now they they seem to be getting to the point where it's like, wow, these character models are amazing. They're definitely making some strides. I think some of yeah. that too is a limitation of perhaps the original systems that they were on, and maybe a shift away from Dragon Age is actually really interesting as an example too, because lore wise, they started with. Um, so they're elves, right? They have elves in the game. They started with elves that were a little more visually distinct. They had gigantic eyes and uh, larger ears, basically that they were more visually distinctive than human counterparts. And that is really, really apparent, especially in Dragon Age 2. But in Inquisition, they just about dropped that entirely. Now they kind of look like short humans with large ears. And I'm not sure why that direction was chosen, um, but it is interesting development wise i think they are shifting a little bit more towards a realism are there games this is a question are there games that recognize their art style or don't because when you were saying that i thought of the way that the ridges on the klingons in star trek on their foreheads weren't there in the old series and suddenly in the next generation they they were and the show had to address it at some point, and it did. So my question is, are there games that are conscious of any of those kinds of shifts that you can think of? So actually, Dragon Age, again, <laughs> um, has made their elves a lot more human, but there is a race called the Quanari that started out as sort of big, muscly humans yep. in the initial games and have transformed into full-on seven foot horned like ox people almost and they had to explain some of that too like i think one of the characters sticks around quite a bit in canon they're like well why doesn't he have horns if he's this race they're like well he uh sometimes they don't uh don't don't worry about it (laughs) don't ask (laughs) none of your business i have a question yeah right now my significant other is playing dragon quest and i was thinking about Dragon Quest and Dragon Quest Builders and that the entire Dragon Quest style is based on like the guy that does the Dragon Ball Z stuff. So you have an art style that is visually distinct across a variety of different media. How does that affect what your expectations of the narrative might be? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I thought Pokemon right away. If 
Pokemon did not look like Pokemon, I wouldn't play it. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, right? Because I think more often, don't we sort of go from game being popular to game being made into a film or reaching another medium? Monster Hunter is now mm-hmm. a Netflix thing. I don't know. Yeah. It looks weird. We don't talk yeah. about it. <laughs> it's the Resident Evil guy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we don't talk about it. <laughs> it's it's like that Avatar movie. It doesn't exist. You know? It doesn't exist. No. <laughs> uh is there yeah. any games that are popular that you cannot bring yourselves to play because of the art style? Hmm. <laughs> Because I've got one. If you guys, what do you guys think? Uh, Danganronpa. Really? I can't. They look so goofy. Their hair and their like eyeballs. And I'm just like, and I love anime and anime styled stuff, but like I watch Danganronpa and I'm like, these people all look ridiculous and I cannot take it seriously. (laughs) Not that it's meant to be taken seriously because its art style, I think, contributes to the fact that it's like bizarro, but it's just too much for me. Like the lady with the scissors and her tongue's like seven miles long. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I respect that. There, there's nothing in particular that I can think of that I wouldn't try. Got two words for you, Dean. Haunted but. teddy bear. Oh, yeah. He's like half and half, right? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> don't like it. I I've never played even though I feel like I would like it kind of I've never played the sims just because like the people look weird to me like I don't do. want to like I don't like them they're like moving what? dolls I don't like how they look you and like stupid the, faces the talking the talking creeps me out when they like talk in simlish gym. it's just oh, a new language <laughs> I'm, I'm with you i love the sims and i invested many hours into it because i liked the game but all the while i was kind of just like discreetly like mm, i don't like the way <laughs> no i don't like it <laughs> secretly secretly inside of you somewhere there was a little scare. it's like when you zoomed in too close so that and you saw what they really look like you're like Ugh. no their their expressions are so goofy like i don't i don't like it something <laughs> i feel like if i actually played it i would like it but i can't the mechanics are there i wish they looked different yeah if someone put like an anime skin over the sims i would invest so much time into it. <laughs> some of that i think is just getting used to something that looks really different like i I know it's not a video game, but I had a really hard time watching the Lego movie for the first time because the way that the Legos moved was so bizarre and unusual that it took my brain a couple seconds to adjust to it. And then you reading Shakespeare. Kinda, yeah. You have to you have to adapt to put your lens. (laughs) Watching the Lego movie is a lot like reading Shakespeare, Dean Carpoids twenty (laughs) twenty one. All right, continue. You gotta, you gotta take a moment to step into what you're doing and like put put on the oh. lens or put on a pair of sunglasses. You know, you're like these are my Shakespeare sunglasses. <laughs> this is where we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it was it. It's so it's so strange. It's like straight stop motion, but there was something just a little bit off. That's true. It doesn't move the way that real life does. So you sit down, and after you're looking at people, you look at these like bricks moving just off enough and then you look back at people and you're like whoa 
there's a certain nostalgia, I think, for things that are kind of like creepy. Like I like trying to convince my son that the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer movies are good. The claymation. I hate claymation. Claymation is terrifying. Looking at it like, what? Mm -mm. Dad, you're making me watch this? And (laughs) I'm like, it has the same kind of. Yeah. Give it a chance. You just got to give it a chance and you'll get into it. I tell him, you play Minecraft, dude. This is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Cuphead is like that too, where I, I the animation is like really superb, but I also don't Everybody's like it. Everybody's so wiggly too. Really? Because it's like that Steamboat Mickey, like yeah, movie. it's like Fleischer Brothers. I actually really like it, but I like old animation. I I haven't played all of it, but I played like the beginning portion, and it was all the so bosses cool. are so scary looking. They are, but like it, I feel like when you watch old animation, like old Fleischer brother and like Disney stuff, it's like really strangely like creepy and violent. Yes. Like there's a lot of like abuse and like dark stuff. And I feel like for a video game, I'm like, yeah, that kind of fits. Like when you're fighting people, it's strangely like, it didn't feel like tonally off to me. Just oh, because no, I think I'm it's like, totally like spot Yeah. On like it super. is creepy and it is like, I liked it because it was kind of creepy. <laughs> no, no. Like, I think it's like a, a Marvel and it's perfect and it's fitting. It's just like a personal, like, uh. mm. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I have the thing with the Sims. <laughs> Art fits narrative, personal heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yes. So, we for the show, we were talking about that too. Like, that, that doesn't, for me, doesn't fit quite. Like, I know what you're saying about old animation that um, people fight and there's blood and whatever, and it's violent and it's dark. But at the same time, one of the big complaints about, for example, Bioshock Infinite was that it was cartoony and at the same time, gory. Mm -hmm. You know, there was just, in some ways, the narrative was disrupted in some ways, or people complained about. I don't know if I totally give any license to those complaints because it was a Bioshock game. I think they were just like weirded out because it was like all the blood happened in bright sunlight instead of in Rapture. True. It was also a big departure too from the typical Bioshock style. It was, right? yeah. It was up in the clouds and bright and happy. And honestly, it was like a different flavor of creepy, but it was like just as creepy because it was so disharmonious like whereas like rapture you expected all that stuff and it was really scary but with infinite it was like i liked it i think that it did what it was set out to do i think in some ways the game itself recognized its inconsistencies in that way because i don't know how many of you played it but the soundtrack was like um i don't know it was like it was like cindy lopper done (laughs) in barbershop quartet Yeah, I mean, it was constantly throughout the game trying to put a square peg into a round hole. Yeah, it was always like subverting your expectations like on purpose. I think they totally did all that kind of stuff intentionally. Which I thought I wish I could have played that game. I watched so many clips because I was so interested in it, but yeah, first person. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sarah played Borderlands with me and someone else and had to take Dramamine. (laughs) Yeah, I. 
I oh. tried to play without it, and I like I ran away in the middle of a boss fight. They couldn't find me, and I was in the bathroom throwing up because I couldn't play oh. it. No, I like Borderlands. Talk about art. Yeah, style. yeah, Borderlands is great for art style, right? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. It just, um, I love the non-serious first-person shooter because they're all trying to be dead serious, and I, I love that it was super stylized. <gasps> what? I just remembered Splatoon exists. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I love Splatoon. It has such a weird and weird. brilliant look. Yeah. It's it's so zany. It's so bizarre. And it's so everything is so stylized. Like the whole it it as a whole package, the art, the visuals, the colors, the music mm-hmm. totally works together, I think, for the aesthetic, overall aesthetic of what they're trying to pull off. Agreed. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Uh, I find oddly like successful video games, um, smart video games sort of break the fourth wall mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of ways. Right. Um, and I don't know if I, I would imagine film kind of did this postmodern era had fiction doing this, but it seems to me like it's a way for the genre itself artistically and otherwise to get its feet underneath it. It's a sort of coming of age where it can kind of look at its past, poke fun at it, parody, comment. Borderlands is all about, you know, gazillion. Making fun of the video games and all the tropes of video games. Yeah. Borderlands is so clever. And and, and the dial, even the dialogue, I remember what, there's McShooty face or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Ask you to shoot him in the face. It's right? the quest, and, and you shoot him in the face, and he's like, "Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you." And I remember there was a, there was a. I was running down some stairs, and you and I turned back and shot up at the guys who were chasing me, and I hit one of them, and he fell down. And his partner, his buddy, who still chased me, he said to his guy who just died, he's like, "You sucked anyway." <laughs> <laughs> Borderlands. I think two of my favorite uh, games that use art style to help their narrative are uh, two indie darlings, uh, Night in the Woods and my current love affair, uh, Spiritfarer. Both of them are clever and generally really lighthearted, but they also have like some really serious kind of depressing stuff that they tackle and they sneak it in through the guise of like these happy animal characters like night in the woods deals with like mental illness and, and identity crises and stuff and does it in a really like lighthearted and fun, insightful way. And then spirit fair, um, I cried my eyes out shepherding an old lady hedgehog into the great beyond. And it's just like, it's a really good game. You have cute little animal characters are, you know, you way easier to understand than like, oh yeah, I'm not feeling so hot, guys. Mm-hmm. It it makes it yeah. Digestible. It's like um, it's like a spoonful of sugar for your your bad topics. Like it, it's not Last of Us. You're not going in knowing that your heart's gonna <laughs> get ripped from your chest and you're gonna be on edge the whole time. It's like really soft and and nice, and then just every once in a while, they just pop right in the heart. And then yeah. suddenly Doki Doki literature. Oh God, that's entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not like that at all. 
one of the one game that stood out to me that I played this year, I can't remember if it came out this year or if it came out last year, but it was a game called Florence and I wanted to play it because it's like basically a graphic novel that's interactive. And I just like love graphic novels, but it was like a weird game because you didn't really play anything. You literally just interacted with it. So it would give you like a page of the story and it was drawn like exactly like a graphic novel, like in comic format. And you would just like interact with the character. So like the character was like the the overall like plot was like this character went through a breakup and she had to like fix her life. But so she's like, she would wake up in the morning and you just had to like help her get up. Like you would like brush her teeth and like text her mom for her. Like it was, there was no real playing involved. It was just a story that you would like click the elements in, but it was like, it was a really good game. It also had really good music. I I played it for a class originally and it was weird because there was so much debate over like whether it was even a game because you didn't really Again, you didn't really play anything. You just like, it was literally just like the art that you'd look at instead of like a playable thing. You're a fan of Detroit for the same reason. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to play that. I'm bad at playing. I like to just sit there and like, it does all the work for me. And then I just like press a couple buttons. (laughs) But yeah, Detroit was another one where it's like, I just played Detroit again because that's what I do. And the that art, it's like it's very realistic and it's like the triple A kind of you'd what you'd expect. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like it does such a good job in like it doesn't feel like the future as in like flying cars and like like crazy kind of robots. It just it feels like something really familiar, even though it's it's not like our reality. But the character design, I love it so much because, like, you know exactly everyone in that game who's an android without even, like, having to approach them or talk to them just by, like, the simple, like, dot that they have, like, the circle they have on their head. Or, like, I don't know. I think I think that game does such a good job with making things recognizable, but, like, it's new, but it's it's still familiar. And it, like, feels like America. And, like, they directly modeled it after, like, Detroit. Too, mm, so yeah. it looks like it. They did some motion capture too for that, didn't they? Yeah, they did a lot. I wonder. I, I didn't follow the. I don't know the the press afterwards, but I feel like I remember. I didn't do any research or anything, but I feel like I, I do remember some fuss about people who were a little pissed off because they felt like it wasn't a game. Yeah. That's why I like it, was, it. Well, it was in development hell for like ever. Mm-hmm. Like before the game came out, they had, I, I remember watching it, I think more than 10 years ago, even like, I, I just think of, I think of like grade school of hanging out with my friends and watching what was essentially a tech demo at the time. And they're like, we're going to make this into a game and it's going to have androids. And everybody was like, whoa, that's so cool. And then to have Detroit become human is beautiful and i think that it tells a very interesting and complex and heartbreaking story but it isn't as heavy on gameplay as i think a lot of people mm-hmm. are hoping or expecting so that's what i was yeah. trying to say like i think the art style like it looked like a triple a title at for the time in its presentation so i think people thought oh it's going to be a shooter mm-hmm. not a shooter but it's going to be a game 
more of a game than it was a uh, graphic novel or a visual novel. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And I feel like that's why it does get pushed under like the radar. At least I feel like because it's not a game. But yeah, is, I don't it, know. is it not a game? I mean, it, it is a game. No, I, I think visual novels are games. I just feel like it was not the type of game people were expecting it to be. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But separated from all that, I think if you look at the art style, the familiarity of it and the reality of it, the presents sort of an uncanniness that lends itself to that narrative. And so I think that choice was successful. It just wasn't what people were expecting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely is like a little uncanny. <laughs> but I think, again, like you said, it works because they're not human, like they're androids. So you can believe it. Well, that's the crux of the android, right? Is that they appear human but aren't. Yeah. I'm thinking things like, I don't know, Girls with armpit hair in Last of Us 2. Like, I think that the people, the mostly guys who played that game, were not comfortable with the fact that the female characters weren't what they wanted to see Mm -hmm. um, while they played the game, but it was consistent. The art style was really consistent with the narrative. Does that make sense? Like, you get Ellie taking her shirt off, and it's not it's not a good thing. I mean, she's bruised and beaten and, you know, it just looks not good. Mm-hmm. Or like to survive in an apocalypse, you have to be physically very fit and you are likely to be very muscular. But then yeah. there's, I guess it's the balance of realism or when you have a more realistic art style versus the story that you're trying to tell yeah. versus the, it, it literally is performative. Yeah. Uh, what people are expecting as entertainment. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a sex scene with Abby. What? <laughs> yeah. Where her clothes come off and it's not, it's, I'm sure many men out there were like, this isn't hot. You know, I mean, cause she's, she's ripped, she's ripped, she's built. She's not what you would, you know, see in the pages of a magazine, but uh, she's what you would get in the apocalypse. I mean, right. it's the kind of person that hyper realistic, not stylized. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think, I think that's a really great point about Detroit. You know, it's like maybe you know it's not what people expected, but the art style is consistent with what the story. You know, it's 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 married in a lot of ways to the story that they're trying to tell. In the same way that lots of people were probably not, you know. Um, titillated in many ways by aspects of last of us too but it was being true i think to what the narrative was trying to do yeah i don't think i don't think you should like i don't think that the game should have to sacrifice their narrative to like serve the audience either like i think at the same time such is the balance of art yeah, I don't yeah. Know. I mean, at the same time we live in an a- era in terms of video games where if your Metacritic score goes below seven, your, your whole company can fold. Yeah. You want to go out and tell the story you want to tell, but people still have to buy the game. Mm -hmm. So then perhaps it's safer to do something more stylized like Minecraft, where you are visually avoiding something more realistic to better communicate the point of your narrative or to leave it open to interpretation Mm -hmm. or just to put it out as it is and to, see what people do to not necessarily cater, but to try to change and educate 
Mm-hmm. I think in some ways, the two to three year beta that a lot of <laughs> games do is a result of that, right? It's like, it can't be reviewed, you know, faithfully. You don't get Metacritic scores. You don't get any of that if you're in beta for a year. So let's just put it out there <laughs> and say it's in beta. I'm thinking of games like Warframe and others that just been were in beta for three full years to avoid all of the stuff that might come at them. Well, there's so many of them are too unreliable too. Like this game is coming out in two years, um, five years, um, ten years. It's it's coming. Don't worry. Yeah, I'd rather just be surprised, happily surprised, or angry mm. that it actually makes its appearance on the scene. That style doesn't suit your narrative. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good (laughs) spot for us to wrap up. Uh, The puppets produced on that series of tubes we all know as the internet from the studios at Underdark, which doubles as my basement and office. You can listen in on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, where we post new episodes every Monday. You can also find us at straylightmag.com where we publish news stories, poetry, art, and of course, podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at The Pub Podcast on Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Pub, Australia Magazine's podcast about all things narrative, story, and publishing. 